Hello and welcome to Chasing the Peloton. I'm your host Peter and this is episode 8 in the series Meet the Migration Gravel Races ahead of the Migration Gravel Race in Kenya in June. And today I'm joined by the flying Dutch duo of Mika and Doreen. From meeting a few years ago through Lola Coffee Shop and Cycling Community in the Netherlands, these ladies are now taking their love of riding bikes to the next level with the Migration Gravel Race. We caught up a few weeks ago as they were set up in a hotel for a mini training camp and we discussed how they met, what drives their passion for cycling and what more can be done to encourage more women to take up the sport. And as always on this series of Meet the Migration Gravel Races, we talked about expectations for the race, hopes, fears, etc, etc, which is now only five weeks away, believe it or not. I still have my fingers crossed that I'm going to be able to make it given the current travel restrictions. And in doing this series, having met many of the guys and girls who are going to be taking part, uh, this is going to be one heck of a race, but also the community around it is super friendly, super welcoming, super encouraging, and it's a real pleasure to be a part of it. And so... Thank you, um, and hopefully see you all in Kenya in five weeks. If you don't already, please subscribe to this episode and go back and listen to some of the earlier episodes as well. They're all really, really good. And if you don't follow us on Instagram, please go and find us at Chasing the Peloton. You can also find today's guests, Mika and Doreen, on their Instagram, Gravel Women. There'll be a link in the description to the podcast. And now, here's my conversation with Mika and Doreen. How are you guys doing? Good, thanks. Yeah, yeah been training today, so that's always good, no? Yeah, of course. Yeah, well. There's <laughs> some need for training. <laughs> There's a lot of need for training. So I get this right. How do I pronounce both of your names? Um, so I don't want to get it wrong. Oh, my name is Doreen, but you know, everyone in English calls me Doreen. And mine is Mika, but it, I go by Mika, Mikey, Mickey, uh, <laughs> whatever works, yeah. Where am I speaking to you from? Yeah, we're in uh, Eindhoven, okay. uh, down south, and so we try and find some weekends to train together and find some gravel, because Holland is dead flat, as you know, yeah. um, and and very little gravel, I think. There's some, yeah. not much. And um, <laughs> um, that's where we are. Right. Where are you about? I'm in Manchester, um, in I England. Yeah. Um, but yeah, in a, in a hotel, it sounds like you're you're almost doing a, a professional training camp, going away for a few days and uh, <laughs> searching all the best gravel routes. <laughs> yeah. We pretend yeah. we do. Yeah. <laughs> No, it's quite easy because, you know, otherwise you have to travel like an hour and a half and then, you know, jump on the bikes. And now we're just here, you know, we can go to into hotels again and okay. you know, more openings here and there. Mm. So, yeah, let's make it quite convenient. That's basically uh, our goal. Yeah. <laughs> so so what was what did today's ride include? Uh, actually, we did a separate training today. You okay. actually met in the afternoon, and uh, so I did a like a four-hour training ride in um, in another in a national park, a little bit more up north. Okay. And um, yeah, so this block contains particularly of like long endurance ride. 
who's desi- who's designed the training who's responsible for plotting routes and um, deciding how many um i just you know decided like two weeks ago to start off with a trainer again just yeah. for the little you know, details the last two months so actually a guy from luxembourg is responsible for my trainings now okay. when i signed up for the migration i first thought oh it's just gonna be a one-time try and we'll see how we go and it's gonna be very ro- low profile and then after a few days we heard through um the hallway saying oh there's some really cool pros signing up especially men we still need women i think and um and then i thought oh, okay i won't be able to join but then then we got listed and i thought hmm if i keep riding with doreen um who has some more cycling experience than i do i will be dead before even arriving in kenya so uh, i found um <laughs> I asked my nephew really, and he's into um, training, and he knows uh, triathlete uh, training coach. Mm. So um, he also designs my slow paced zone one and two <laughs> schedules, uh, which is quite new. Um, I'm I'm in the same boat as you guys because I kind of I wasn't expecting to get a, a positive response to my application to the race. I was like, that looks cool. Um, I don't expect anything to come of it, but why the hell not? And then when I got the email, I was like, yay. And then I started to, like you, like you guys, started seeing some of the names. I went, oh. Uh, <laughs> and, 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 and there's been a positive to that in the sense, I think with you guys as well, by the sounds of it, then it's motivated me to put into place a training plan that's going to ensure that, not necessarily that I'm going to keep up with these guys, but I can, I can go and I can enjoy it at the... The, the intensity that it's going to be and not struggle with the distance right. um, and get around rather than turn up and be like, uh, this is, this is, this is harder <laughs> than I can manage. I can manage. Um, yeah. yeah. So I think, I think my experience is a little bit like your guys by the sounds of it. How long have you guys been, been riding together? Oh yeah. Good question. Well, actually we met in the Hague um, mm-hmm. through riding with Lola. And I think I started doing that, in the summer of 2018 yeah yeah was it 18 yeah, yeah. i think it was 18 probably yeah so not that long though no but long enough to, long enough <laughs> to hook up and <laughs> yeah. to do this crazy thing <laughs> yeah. and i understand that, that cycling for you Mika, is fairly a fairly new discovery but but doreen you've been doing it for a bit longer am i right yeah that's true i actually um well you know, in Holland, we all cycle, you know, uh, as of, you know, you start like walking almost. Yeah. But um, yeah, during my study times, I think. Um, so the early 2000s, I started off cycling more and more. And they actually, you know, started off quite as like a new thing. I was new into cycling. Uh, it was my first sport, but I started liking it more and more. And, you know, um, I'm, you know competitive uh, competitive uh, and uh, so you know it's a new it was new to me and then I thought okay let's you know see what's possible and you know how it works and cycling with men basically was the thing to do uh, during these evening rides you know after work or after studies and um, do some traveling as well going into the Alps doing some you know, uh, run fondos or these little tours. Mm. Um, yeah, and then, you know, you got hit by this and then, 
you actually want to do more and more. And that's, that's basically, you know, what I'm doing from, let's say, yeah, 2005 or something. Yeah. And then, uh, you actually, when you do a lot of cycling, you notice that, you know, it goes better and better and better. And then mm. you think, right, suddenly you're, you know, it's part of your life, kind of. Yeah. So that's, that's how it started, actually. Mm. And how did it start for you, Mika? Well, I, I remember I had a racing bike where you change gears on the um, on the drop bar or on the on the, the lower on the frame. Um, but I think I rode occasionally, maybe once or twice with my dad. Um, and after uh, in my uh, studies, I rode crew. And after that, I started riding a bit. But I don't think I rode more than 100 kilometers in a year. Uh, and I only learned in 2018, you could actually count kilometers. Um, and then I heard numbers about, oh, I do about 5,000 or maybe 10. And, and I thought, okay, uh, what do they mean really? Um, so I think I probably properly started with Lola. Um, I did ride before that a little bit. Uh, I studied in Australia for a bit and then mm. brought my bike over, but probably rode for no more than 500 that year. So what motivated you to, to start taking it a little bit more, more seriously? Was it becoming part of Lola? Yeah, it's just, I think Lola, the cycling community, because it's not an official club, mm. um, is amazing. They're super friendly. Um, I was new to The Hague. Uh, I did my GP training there. And then suddenly you um, get into Lola and then someone convinced me I can join their rides where I thought, no, they're all really fast and strong. Uh, I'm never going to manage even to hold on to the, the women's ride. But that was manageable and then um, and you start rocking up um, and you can just come in whenever you want to. There's no uh, rule. You have to be there. Mm -hmm. um, it's really easy and they become your friends and you ride. And I think on the bike, you talk about life and yeah. what happens. And um, on the Wednesday evenings in the summer, when it was still possible, <laughs> we could, you would ride on them. Um, there's a, like a, a ride we do every Monday and Wednesday. And you ride to Nordwijkenbeck, which is about 45, 50 kilometers. Right. And you sit down on the beach with a beer and um, suddenly it's 2 a.m. Yeah. <laughs> you better work tomorrow. Right. Yeah. So uh, it's really just a bunch of friends who are amazing. Yeah. That's a really nice story because I think uh, when you come to wanting to get into a club or even just a group, um, it can become, it can be a little bit intimidating. I know a group mm. riding has never necessarily been something for me, but certainly starting taking cycling a little bit more seriously all these anxieties about is well not am i going to keep up but also do i have the right kit um is my bike cool enough this kind yeah. of stuff it's all just in your head and everyone else has got the same anxieties and then you turn up and no one really talks about what bike you're on or what you're wearing like you said it's they're just talking about about life and i think that's yeah. the beauty of beauty of cycling is that um you do just spend a few hours in the saddle and it kind of it's, it just creates the environment to have interesting conversations with, with yeah. interesting people. Yeah, it's it does. True. It's, I think I remember when I started, I, I really didn't know how to ride in a group at all. Yeah. And then they tell you where to sit and how to sit. And then it's okay to do this and not to be trying to be in the front where you, you can't <laughs> even hold up for five seconds. Mm. And then probably the year after or the year after that, you, find yourself guiding the other girls who joined the Monday night ride because they've never ridden. And it's just amazing to do it that way. Um, but then also, I think 
when you are not writing in the group it's like meditation um yeah. yeah being outside for a few hours on your own is also you know i like it actually yeah. i like yeah. it to ride with in a group but so now and then you know to go out on your own and to you just enjoy nature or listen yeah. to a podcast or whatever good conversation you know that's also you know part of cycling i guess what have some of your best moments on the bike been what have you if i was to ask you some of for some of your best memories um what would you say oh that's a moment where i, I re it really stands out in my memory is a really good time that i had on the bike and, and for what reason there are so many actually <laughs> um you know i always enjoyed cycling in 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 you know in the alps in the mountains and to actually um fulfill maybe like a first grand fondo or you actually uh you know i can actually remember one good day in the saddle in Italy, in the Dolomites. It's just beautiful out there. And if you ride there in your own, um, you know, um, <clears throat> and there's there's no traffic or whatsoever, which is quite special in Italy, actually. But, you know, it is possible. And then if you can just enjoy, you know, your, your riding and nothing else matters, and just have a, like a good day in the saddle and enjoy the views and the fresh air. I guess then I'm pretty happy in the end of the day. Yeah. It's simple. It is quite simple, actually. <laughs> I agree when you are up in the hills. I did, um, so my father rides every summer with a group of uh, men of his age. Um, they're all friends and they done that for 15 years now and I joined them three years ago for the first time in the Pyrenees mm. and um, and the year after or yeah in uh, near Girona and I would just remember uh, coming on the top of one of the hills together and uh, and or maybe after each other and um, <laughs> but just being able to do that together as a father and a daughter and um, enjoy it and just I don't know it's special yeah yeah and so uh, talking about your experience uh, and the reason we're talking now as well is because we're all three of us are going to the migration gravel race in June, fingers crossed. It's, it sounds like you've, you've both done a lot of road riding. This is a gravel race. How much gravel riding have you done? <laughs> well, <laughs> oh, well, actually, we did a loop around the north of the Netherlands last year, yeah. which was 30% unpaved. I think, maybe? yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we just, you know, rented this gravel bike from Lola. Mm. Uh, and uh, we thought, okay, after the first COVID session in spring, you know, things opened up and we thought, okay, let's do some gravel riding in Holland. Mm. And so we actually did like a four or five day trip, um, bikepacking. And that was actually maybe first time for me as well, that like gravel, like gravel riding. Um, I had a mountain bike. I have a mountain bike as well. So I did some, you know, mountain biking in the winter, you know, like standard stuff actually, you know, on the road in summer times and in winter do some mountain biking. But actually then the gravel biking got to our, you know, attention mm. and seemed out, you know, to be pretty cool. So yeah, yeah, and that's when yeah, when we rented that and I did it, I think another time and then 
So in the dunes, there are these um, um, shell paths, like a yeah. rebel uh, through the dunes, which you're not allowed to ride on. Um, okay. But um, <laughs> if you go very early in the morning, it's amazing. And yeah, and then I thought I, I really should buy a bike like this. Well, probably not the one that was there because it was like, I don't know how expensive. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, and then we did this trip and we did another trip with um, two of another friends in Switzerland and France and uh, biking, not gravel, but I thought it, yeah, it must be just amazing. Um, I thought of riding to Norway where my brother lives on a gravel bike and uh, I thought I need to find one, uh, which <laughs> happened luckily. Mm. Yeah. Um, no trip to Norway yet, but um, uh, it, we'll get there. Yeah. 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 It's, it's amazing <laughs> what these what these bikes inspire you to do because I, I'm, I'm the same. I got my gravel bike, uh, I don't know, nine months ago or something like that. Um, having cycled on the road a lot, but feeling kind of motivated to explore a little bit further and suddenly I'm plotting mm -hmm. routes to to cycle to the north of Scotland or to get on the ferry and come and cycle in the Netherlands and then cycle across to Berlin that I'd never necessarily think of doing on my road bike but just this gravel right. bike comes along and you're like well it's got some mounts on it and it's got some more comfortable True. geometry and some bigger tires on it I can I could go everywhere on this yeah, it's like True. it's like my car like I've got this old young timer <laughs> Honda CRV car, mm. which doesn't really need a millet, which is so nice just to be able to say, oh, I can I can ride here, I can drive here, I can go That's anywhere. True. And this is what the bike does. It brings adventure. And um, I think we've all got some packs, you know, tents and whatever. And Today as well, you know, I've discovered a lot of new roads again, you know, on a gravel bike, which you want, you know, do really on a road bike because you have like your fixed laps, you know, without... A lot of traffic and then you know you go on but on a gravel bike even i've lived in the city where i live now for 11 years you know before i this year i discovered new roads again and uh, i think that's that's really like a cool thing about the gravel biking and um yeah i think true. the nature is going to be the tricky part in 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 kenya like here I, I tend to stop wherever I want to sit and take a picture of something pretty or like a little animal or, or a bug or a flower. And I think Kenya is going to be a challenge because I joke, I joke saying I'm the anchor and think I will be the broom wagon of this trip where two of the other guests on your show said, you don't want to be the broom wagon. And I thought, oh, this is going to be me. Um, um, but I might be that anyway because I want to like, yeah, I want to memorize absorb. everything and absorb it. How did you get, I guess it's your connection with, with Lola and Armani that, that you guys found out about the, the race. Um, yeah. It, yeah, what motivated you to, to enter, just kind of curiosity? Well, I think it started on when the Armani uh, project started uh, a year before, um, okay. before COVID hit and they set up this idea of um, supporting the Eastern African riders in whatever they needed and then um, they thought about having people coming over for how many up to three months uh, and hosting them and riding together and training for Grand Fondos and I thought well I won't be able to hold up the level but I can host them mm. and then uh, I think with Covid they set up this e-racing business and I thought well I need to train for that and I need a trainer and but then they set up this race um, and I thought well if this is the way we can support and we can get to know the girls who ride over there, who I'm sure will smash us to pieces. 
And um, <laughs> but it would just be amazing to find out what they do and how it influences their life and whether it gives them the same friendships or um, I don't know um, happiness in life mm. on the bike and um, whether we can after um, after this migration even can do e-racing online or yeah, yeah or, race you know, together in, in the Netherlands come over. it's so nice to see this you know um, thing going on and that uh, especially women get the chance to get on their bikes and stuff um, but it's it's by far you know not there yet um, and it will take for sure you know years and years to get that community you know if you like to say like the way you know develop and mm. see it grow um, and it's just nice to share some you know experiences and um, especially you see you know that it's possible to get on the bike and to enjoy it and to you know uh, just have fun with each other and um, you know and build to build that community and to you know support it um, in this way I think it's just a great opportunity and uh, that's certainly something we would you know love to be part of and um, yeah I think that's the great thing of you know the Armani project actually. Yeah it really is about I guess growing a global community around it and I'd be curious about about your guys um, perception in terms of I think it's happening and certainly through the last year uh, more and more people have taken up cycling, but encouraging more and more women to get into cycling as well. What 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 would you guys say would be the kind of the biggest barriers for that at the moment that that we could be looking at as well? To see women and men equal. Mm. Uh, like I think the positive thing with the migration is that women and men ride the same distance. Yeah. Yeah, and then we all need to make it to the finish line, and it's not like you get a a medal for going halfway, um, which I always thought it was beastly. And mm. even in the international cycling community, even if you look at stupid things like prize money, it's it's insane. Someone has to get like this fundraiser to gain the same importance for the women, or the right. same amount of money um, as a prize money, where they all put in the effort. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, it it remains kind of, you know, difficult, even in our society, you know, European standards, if you see still the, you know, the women cycling, you know, for instance, the world tour cycling is still not equal enough, so to say, and uh, in other sports, actually, you know, it's, it's more equal, like, you know, in tennis, for instance, prize money is the same in, uh, you know, the biggest tournaments, and um, women's cycling is is getting there, but it's going so slowly and slowly. And of course, it has to do with you know sponsorships and you know exposure. And luckily, you know uh, nowadays the, the the races are on telly, and it's just all about exposure. And uh, the more exposure they get, and we get for the migration gravel race or the series uh, uh, there's also the, the series that run yeah um, i think um you know that is that is needed and uh, and then you know it will it, it will come then but um it's it's a hard it's a hard and long way i guess yeah but i think if you talk about barriers it's always if you look at even if you look at cycling gear 
you always start with the men's gear and then there's <laughs> some gear for women. Mm. Like even you to get like cycling cargo pants, which I don't know whether I really like, but you couldn't even get them in women's women's right. yeah. And then and and any cycling women government is like pink. And uh, it will <laughs> and all the sleeves are short. So I have to like buy men's jackets to have like right. fitting, <laughs> fitting gear. It's ridiculous. Yeah. The basic um, stuff. The basic <laughs> stuff. And then also I think what is important is that uh, you grow the community like I think Lola does really well to to have like the women's ride on Monday is actually the ride where the women pace the group. Like men can right. go fast on their own, but not in right. a group. Yeah. Like we are the ones setting the pace. Yeah. So it, yeah, so you're you're not just turning up to take part. You're it's something that came up in my first episode conversation with Iman was it's not just about letting women join it's about letting oh. them that letting them set the route letting them organize where we're going to stop letting them decide the race wh whatever it is it's kind of top to bottom having that that representation and that decision making um yeah, yeah. that's how it should be actually <laughs> <laughs> it's like um when i tell my friends i've i've signed up for the migration they're like oh my god that's going to be horrible and tough and uh interesting and amazing as exciting as frightening at the same time for me as well but then i think we expect very much very little from our bodies um and then even i think for men it's more normal to expect the bodies to be fit enough but then I, I don't know how to explain this in proper english um i think we should be able to do stuff like this yeah. without training too much for it instead of saying you need to be a pro athlete to to ride it, I think you should be able to do it and enjoy it. Um, you know, you can make it as, as low profile as as possible for yourself, of course. And um, it's not something, you know, it's it's a tough race. Yeah, I don't underestimate it. But no, no, still, definitely not. No, no, definitely know, not. No, no, it's I'm not. Be. It's not only for like a half percent of the women in the world who can manage that. You know, there's a lot of. Yeah. women who are the best pro sporters and you know um uh who are better cyclists for instance so um yeah it's it's just it's all like mindset and yeah. uh and so yeah i don't really see a problem why you know the 12 women i heard like there's 12 women competing in the in the gravel race mm. so it's it's still you know we're twenty percent. <laughs> yeah, it could be still. more. It could be yeah, more. Yeah, I, I think you also mentioned the fact that that it's not like okay, the the women can have the the eighty percent length through or the fifty percent length through. Yeah. Is, um, yeah, it would be nice to have potentially more women there. But the fact, yeah, we I think, like you said, that you're at the end of the day, everyone's going to do the same, and someone's going to finish first. Sure. But I think given how tough it's going to be, the fact that you completed it is, is yeah. going to be kudos enough and, and everyone's going to have done the same thing. So no one's going to say, well, I went further yeah. than you or, or my suffering was harder. It will be fun. It, yeah, as long as sure. you enjoy the suffering on the bike, I think it's going to be amazing. Yeah. And there is still, you know, for women weirdness, um, and if, for instance, of especially pro-women cyclists hear this podcast, Mm. Uh, which will be really nice. Uh, we heard from the organization that there is still like two 
well, non-sponsored, you know, uh, spots, but they can really like uh, shout out if they are interested for this race. Right. And, um, and they are uh, able and uh, more than welcome to compete as well. So, uh, you know, that having said, uh, let's see who is uh, responding to this. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, we should, we should make that happen. Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. we should. Yeah. Um, yeah. So a shout out to anyone listening who is a professional gravel rider. There's some spots <laughs> in Kenya in June for you. We're waiting. Very good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, wasn't it one of the women who won one of those transcontinental exploratory races? Last year. Yeah, so, yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, and there's men competing there as well, but the yeah. women won. So why not in this race? Something that I'm... I'm asking everybody and if we were to have a conversation in a year's time and we were looking back and we were saying yeah that was a great race do you remember that bit or you remember when that we got chased by the elephant or whatever it is um (laughs) what else might we be talking about in terms of uh what would you hope we would be talking about in terms of a little bit of a legacy from the race or or things that have happened subsequently If, if you could imagine what would be the coolest or the 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 most impactful thing that could happen as a result of it I think, first of all, I think that, you know, all who have ridden the gravel race first, you know, should be very proud of themselves and um, getting to know, you know, the global community, cycle community. It's like a start and mm. and to and, and an opportunity to just to grow bigger and bigger. And, um, you know, if you last week it was announced that there was, you know, champs of cycling, road cycling in Africa in five, yeah. I guess. So, you know, that's all that's all part of, you know, developing cycling in, in Africa, of course. And um, I think that's that's that would be like a big achievement if, um, you know, they're um, part of the cycling community and getting, you know, more and more into cycling for, you know, pro tour or whatever but also just the basics of cycling for the locals yeah Um, Yeah. like running you know is in kenya for instance uh so let's hope that cycling you know is becoming like the same kind of natural sport yeah 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 like the not like becoming normal and i think if you look in in a year it would be amazing if we get some of the people over and um being able to share what we love about uh, riding in the Netherlands, um, showing them how fast they can go without a hill as well. Um, um, so we can chase them there. And, um, but no, I think what would be amazing is to create a community where um, cycling is normal for everyone, for women as well. I think this is where you create champions. Um, if it's like uh, an inviting, safe community where yeah. you can try and fail and try again. And um, and yeah, I think what would be amazing if we can, if we meet the women there and then I, I would love to be able to travel to all the countries where they live and we can ride together over there and then inspire other women, um, not to sound like an activist, but just to be able to um, share that passion. I think you, re- you, you touched on something there that it's, a, it's more about, let's say, sharing the culture of cycling. And I think there's no better country for cycling culture than the Netherlands in terms of how how normalized it is just amongst the general population not making 
cycling come across as too elitist that that it is for everyone and that there are different ways of enjoying it or, or whatever else it's 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 not just a, a way of racing or um putting on your lycra on a saturday it's also about getting to the shops or getting fit or, or whatever else and and that is just as as exciting and accepting and there are possibilities down that avenue as well as the person that wants to be like right i want to travel the world and be a be a pro cyclist yeah yeah it's just like that. getting a toddler on a bike when they're like two or three with yeah. side wheels and yeah. or without falling over and yeah it's it's like yeah i think it's amazing yeah way of life well yeah i look forward to meeting you guys and hearing about your experiences and sharing this experience with you <laughs> when we get when we get to kenya yeah and, so. and also sharing sharing with with the guys we're going to meet there our experiences and hopefully grow this international community that that we've been talking about that's so great yeah, yeah. let's hope for that yeah and so um i've taken up nearly all of the time that i'd asked of you so um and i've asked all the questions that i wanted to ask of you so thank you very much for answering them and being willing to take part that's really it really means a lot to me because um yeah this this has turned into a little bit of a passion project for me so the more people that say yes and were willing to talk to me it's great and it's also meeting new people that uh, are part of this this global cycling community so thank you to both of you for, for speaking with me. well thank you for having us yeah let's meet in kenya and let's get some pro cyclist women joining as well sure. i think we should have that we yeah. need that Yes, that's the mission for the next six weeks is to yeah, yeah, find some find some find some pro women to broaden the spectrum. Brilliant. Well, Amika and Doreen, thank you both very much for speaking yeah. with me. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. You're See you soon. Welcome. Enjoy your training. Thanks for having us. Bye bye. That was my conversation with Mika and Doreen. A massive thanks to both of them for speaking with me it was an absolute joy to speak to them they were both super enthusiastic we spoke for much longer than is reasonable to fit into a podcast and I, I really hope that I get to meet them if not in Kenya at some point soon in the future and go for a bike ride as I mentioned in the intro you can find them on Instagram gravel women without all the vowels and Follow us at Chasing the Peloton on Instagram as well. We'll be back next week with another episode of Meet the Migration Gravel Racers. And until then, keep chasing. Mm-hmm.